think uh, i was never the kind who would uh, spend time you know studying or um, uh, doing homework i mean taking homework seriously and all that mm. but uh, what that, that is something that just made me happy and what i would try and do is if i saw something interesting on the telly television or if i saw there was, there was no internet at that time but if i saw mm. something interesting in a book or a magazine i would try and build it nice and mm. kind of see where i got and then see how to you know replace uh, things that i didn't have with things that i could build uh, uh, you know from like from different types of blocks so i i think that kind of uh, shaped or developed me in a way where i try and find a better solution for a lot of things Do you know what makes an outlier? Well, they just don't challenge the status quo, but they also inherently operate with a disruptor mindset. Meet Ashish, co-founder of Neostore, an outlier who's constantly sensing opportunity and triggering disruption to improve lives. From investment banking to retail innovation, this multifaceted entrepreneur believes we need to be more broad-minded and embrace accidents. to solve humanity's complex problems let's welcome ashish i i wouldn't say i had a cookie cutter career mm. so um, i toyed around with a lot of things before kind of finally settling down mm. uh, somewhere mm. but uh, the thing that kept biting at me or eating away at me was that i needed to build something right whether it mm. was within an organization or independently mm. there was this constant urge to build something why was that um i guess it's just uh, you know i don't know it is just there so it's not in my family so no one in my family has ever done a business they've always uh, been professionals and they've always worked for companies and things like that and it's just that there's that bug right and i can't mm. identify the source mm-hmm. but it's always been there right from mm. when i was in college no oh, okay and uh, basically what that led me to do is try out different things right so right. i was never sure what i wanted to do i never had a plan mm. so whatever uh, work i've done whatever wherever i've worked it's all been quite accidental mm got it and in some cases it's been just out of pure uh, interest like for yeah. instance um, i was into pure play mna and you know investment banking uh, till 2000 from 2006 to 2008 but then mm-hmm. just took a leap into real estate 2008 onwards and just because i found that interesting there was absolutely no other reason i like the people that i mm-hmm. interacted with and i found it interesting so it's I, like you know a lot i of- mean yeah no i understand so i mean even the flexibility of doing this is uh, you know you had the option to really right. do this right and right. what i'm trying right. to understand like you are you See, at some level yeah. I, yeah i always knew that eventually i would just do something on my own mm. so whatever wherever i was working the mm. idea was to understand sectors understand you know businesses how they operate what works what doesn't um see the functional and the skill stuff 
you have every every one of us has right mm. what you don't get is exposure to various sectors exposure to various different kinds of businesses exposure to various different kinds of uh, uh, you know processes and you know mm. function so my idea was to basically broaden uh, the experience that i had mm-hmm. uh, the the skills and the the functions we get from our education and automatically through this experience which you can apply elsewhere so yeah. i kind of explored um, or or worked at places that would give me more exposure than a traditional um, you know consulting job or a traditional private equity job mm-hmm. um so so it's basically that curiosity or that eventual uh, life goal that drove this mm. so extremely curious that way in terms of what yeah. is out there yeah so i'm like out of habit constantly thinking how to make processes efficient how to apply a framework to certain situations mm. uh make those situations more efficient um in negotiations yeah, you know so there's this constant these wheels are constantly turning about how something can be made better using technology uh, i i think one underlying uh, uh constant in this whole 15 20 years of experience has been technology right so mm. I've, while i've never worked in a tech company or um uh, sure. d- done uh, professional work around tech mm. but i love technology so i would constantly try and apply technology to situations that i was in yeah yeah i said uh, interesting i mean being an enabler of a business uh through through technology right uh, being right. able to drive that and it's so interesting right. because and is what we need right today it's not even an option digital right. is a way of life like everybody Correct. is on exactly all of that exactly but uh, you know if you know if you had to do some future gazing in terms of what technologies would be like really really hot in the next say 2 to 5 years or even a decade right like mm-hmm. short term long term oh, mm-hmm. uh, like i know you have also been an investor and you still do a lot of work in that space right. what what would you say would be a few of those technologies and and even industries right uh, which mm-hmm. could be enabled by these technologies mm-hmm. i think we'll see two or three uh, i i think technology you know um, uh, emerging technology is is very fluid so what may exist today may still exist or still mm. uh, be right. uh, at the forefront tomorrow but mm. i think it will get better so if we look at ai or machine learning for instance mm-hmm. it's reached a certain uh, level today but mm. i think we will see far more um, improvement in existing systems and uh, and mm. the use of ai going forward um i i think um, so so technology will keep evolving and there will be always be you know these changing flavors mm. but i think what we'll see is a lot of um, automation which will hit our personal lives i think what's mm. happened so far is this automation has hit you know say manufacturing processes or it has hit uh, mm-hmm. the the way we communicate or it has hit uh, uh, the way we work mm-hmm. i think but the next big sort of leap that's going to happen is uh, you know a mixed uh, or a mixed digital world where a lot of our personal tasks are done by technology or a lot of mm-hmm. the things we do in our day to day lives currently manually mm-hmm. will get replaced by technology 
So, for instance, one of the examples is driving, mm-hmm. right, which you see currently. So, uh, that is slowly being taken over by technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, going forward, it could be things like, uh, you know, I would say something that connects directly to your brain. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So, you can control things around your house by just thinking about them. Mm-hmm. Or by looking at them or by interacting with them without sort of a manual intervention. I think that's a key area that's going to sort of grow and uh, expand over the next five to 10 years. Yeah, yeah. The computer brain connection. Right, right, right. It's so interesting you say this because a lot of these uh, series out there are saying that starting from Black Mirror to uh, just upload and stuff like that, which we are seeing now. a few years back, uh, at the time when this whole thing began, like I, I mean, I started watching Black Mirror. Uh, right. It was slightly unbelievable, right? And I was like, right. "TK, you can do anything with technology, but will this ever right. happen?" Right? Right. Um, right? At this point, we are right in the midst of it, and it's happening, <laughs> right? Yes. I mean, AR, VR, uh, AI, right. and all this behavior-led advertising, right. uh, in some ways, is really showing us that. If it can happen, it's going to bloody well happen, <laughs> right? And you know, and it's so interesting that we we speak about things that should happen and should not happen. But then, I think it's so much beyond us, right? In terms of how t- technology is just accelerating all around yeah. us. Yeah. At times, even being in the tech space and being a uh, you know geek at heart, you feel like it's gone beyond any individual. Uh, Absolutely, it's. Uh, I mean, it is so like even coders today, right? Hardly anybody writes fresh code, mm. right? It's all available. You mm. have to copy paste it and maybe tweak it a little bit, but you know you can create a program or an app within 24 hours if you really mm. set out to do it. Mm. Um, and, and it's 80 percent there, you know. So you're right. I, I think what's happening is it's sooner or later is going to become very difficult to keep up to date and human programming will become very inefficient and sort Mm. of substandard. I I think machines will start to write code themselves Mm. and communicate between themselves to, you know, uh, build new programs and new functions and new uh, uh, types of uh, products. Mm. Uh, I mean, the, the classic example is your refrigerator ordering groceries for you or, Mm. uh, you know, making a decision about uh, what milk or what type of food is best for you based on information it gets from your toilet. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. No. So I was speaking to one of the guests a couple of weeks back. I don't know if you know, just please, but he's Mm. written this book and one of the chapters in the book is actually written by AI. Um, So it's quite interesting how, you know, Uh, he used this program or this startup to really go and look for everything which is available out there to really Mm. uh, create that chapter. And it's so interesting how all of this is disrupting industry, right? Um, We don't even have gray lines. Everything is getting blurred between industries, right? Between industries and between physical and digital also, uh, where you have (laughs) this sort of mixed reality uh, that, that will, you know, be real in the very near future where mm. you won't be able to distinguish between 
the real world and the digital you know uh, world yeah yeah absolutely so uh, so ashis i just i mean i just wanted to do a little bit you know step back and really understand uh, like in general right whenever shit hits the roof um, right how, how do you handle things is there any specific place you go to or a source of inspiration or is there anything you do that really um, keeps you going and just keeps you level headed right especially you know as an example these times right um, and i don't think this is going away anywhere <laughs> at least for some time so in general i'm saying if you had to look back and just uh, in some I, I think for me um, it's always been um, <clears throat> right so okay. anytime i need to think or i need to blow off some steam i walk um, and i've done this for like 4 to 5 hours at a time um so so that's kind of my uh, go to mechanism for dealing with a lot of stuff and i think mm. what it does is it helps you focus on what you need to think about mm. and uh, you know you kind of get that uh, you're, you're free of distraction because as long as you're obviously walking in a place, off the phone yeah <laughs> yeah off the phone <laughs> like i see a lot of these blokes downstairs who are bloody walking in the name of crawling I don't know yeah, what they are yeah. doing or whatever, <laughs> and they've got a headset on. They're looking at their phone and WhatsApping. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Serious, like, oh, why are you even doing this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that's just a waste of time. I mean, you'd rather just stop, finish your work, and then you know continue because, yeah. And actually, people have accidents like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Jaywalking with your phone. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So and I think the the good thing with. Uh, this you know any major city in the world uh, uh is that it's very walk friendly and mumbai is a little different mm-hmm. but you know mm-hmm. any uh, if you go to delhi or if you go to uh, anywhere outside india it's a very walking friendly uh, i mean it's it's very easy to walk yeah it's very easy to walk long distances uh, so that's what i typically do and i realize that uh, it's the same with running right so when when you do either that when you either walk or run you can block out a lot of other uh, thoughts or you know issues that you're facing and focus mm-hmm. on one thing mm-hmm. so while i don't run but uh, walking helps me do that and and i realize that it's it's uh, quite efficient to come up with a good solution or you know to just mm. <clears throat> calm down about something or yeah you just think about different scenarios and things like that Yeah, yeah. So I do a lot of daydreaming. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> not do anything, yeah. <laughs> and right. that helps yeah, me a lot. Yeah, just stare, stare at the emptiness. Yeah, correct. I I do that a lot as well. <laughs> yeah. You just sit in a place and stare at emptiness, yeah. and uh, that brings about a lot of uh, one calm and two. You know, if you actually, uh, while it's not a meditative uh, state, but you you can get a lot of uh, clearer. You you can clear up your head doing that. That's yeah. right. Yeah. and uh, you know with with my little boy uh, he's been drawing and all of this he's he played yeah. a lot with these games and also in some way yeah. uh, it's it's good to have kids around you in these times true, true. Um, and actually come to think of it one of the reasons i feel i'm you know, like to build stuff and like to think of solutions is that that i had an obsession with lego when i was a kid oh okay that's interesting 
so uh, and I mean really I was I would do it for six to eight hours a day. Oh my and god! Just try and build different things uh, out of the same set of thing, the set of blocks. Mm. Um, that so kind how, of yeah. So every time you build something, so if you can just go back and just imagine you're a kid and you're playing Lego at this point. Mm. What? How are you feeling while you're building? I think Emotional. that was something I would look forward to every day. I think uh, I was never the kind who would uh, spend time, you know, studying or um, uh, doing homework. I mean, taking homework seriously and all that. Hmm. But uh, what th- that is something that just made me happy. And what I would try and do was, if I saw something interesting on the telly, television, or if I saw there was, there was no internet at that time. But if I saw hmm. something interesting in a book or a magazine, I would try and build it. Nice. And mm. kind of see where I got and then see how to, you know, replace uh, things that I didn't have with things that I could build, uh, uh, you know, from like, from different types of blocks. So I, I think that kind of uh, shaped or developed me in a way where I try and find a better solution for a lot of things that I think are inefficient or that, you know, yeah. need improvement. Yeah. I'm now thinking why. Yeah. So here's the thing I think which has really emerged out of all of this discussion yeah. is this because I always knew you are a very hands-on builder, right. builder like guy. Right? right. But I never right. knew that you used to play Lego. And one of the things like I play now uh, Lego quite a bit and with right. my workshops and everything. Uh, with with adults and and one of the things um, I'm now seeing is that I mean I now understand is that the reason we, uh, you know why you are such a builder and an entrepreneur is because of this need to really create and this happens as a way of expression right a lot of kids in their young age um, you know don't have the opportunity to express themselves or right. they express themselves in ways that you and I as adults don't understand. Right. Correct. Uh, Correct. So in some ways, Lego becomes a way of really fueling that um, energy inside of you through the bricks to then, uh, right. share, you know, share it with the world. Really. Right. 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 Uh, so which is what, you know, scientifically, I've been reading up obviously a lot of that. Uh, right. Uh, and it's interesting how they say that uh, thinking with your hands, right, is what really like. Right. Is. Absolutely. Uh, thinking with your hands and listening with your eyes and you don't really then in, you know, in some ways you switch off the world right around you and it's just you right. and you focus on that. Yeah. yeah. The bricks. And, and yeah. yeah. You know, if you compare it, I don't think there is a comparable because even if you look at kids who are learning programming today, mm. I think that's a very uh, logistical or a logic based uh, approach. Mm. And it's kind of, you use one side of your brain, right? Yeah. Primarily. Correct. Um, in Lego, you had a visual impact because you mm. could see what you had a physical manifestation. It mm. uh, brought about creativity because you had to figure out what would work, what would not work. And of course, the logic element was also there mm. or the rational element was also there in terms of size and you know height and width and things like that. Mm. So I think it kind of completes um, your development versus uh, if, you know, different, uh, it's like, 
a video game and programming combined into one right, uh, right. with a physical manifestation so um th- that's why i feel that a lot of kids today maybe don't get that opportunity that we did and and yeah. uh, vice versa as well but it's probably you know how if you learn to drive in an ambassador then you could drive any car <laughs> yeah something like that yeah especially on the roads of bihar of bengal <laughs> <laughs> if you've been yeah. to calcutta you know what i'm talking about right correct correct <laughs> so it's like different video game levels right you can start with mumbai then move to delhi then move to calcutta <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and if you have extra lives then you can move to bihar <laughs> yeah just <laughs> amazing yeah no i mean it's now making a lot of sense uh in terms of where you know in some ways you're going and how you know how you think also because i think Correct. a lot of that is really developed at a very young age in Correct. terms of how we think and i mean are we even allowed to um, you know dream in the first place right, right, uh, right which i believe a lot of kids in india and i'm talking about especially the underprivileged children right. uh, don't even have the opportunity to really opportunity and space also to just think freely right, uh, right. Uh, so which is what our, this whole dream on india initiative was and and through that i've learned so much and is why i'm like i'm now seeing how do we apply a lot of that self expression to adults and and really right. to help them become the best version of themselves and i really believe right. we don't have any specific age to really discover and become who we you know who we ought to become right. right it can happen at any point but it's nice to know uh, or be allowed to really express ourselves right um, yeah. in whatever way it's so it you know it's become so important now especially in this age of tech and all where all kids are all going into screens and uh, in some ways i am also to blame for this because the last 20 years of my life i've spent in only doing this and more moving okay. people online and so have you okay. Right. Um, and so no, is, i think see a lot of the um, technology development right when mm-hmm. when you asked about the technology for the next 10 years i think if you look at say people who are at the forefront of technology so if you look at the us mm-hmm. my gut feel is that a lot of the technology today is inspired by what hollywood did maybe 20 years ago right mm-hmm. the kind of movies they made the kind yeah. of uh digital beings or digital uh, stuff that they imagined and put in a movie maybe 20 years ago would have inspired a whole generation of computer scientists and and coders to build mm. something like that no oh, yeah absolutely so i think we probably are disadvantaged to that extent that we did not have people who made movies like that yeah that's true right so where is that imagination coming from i mean where is that inspiration coming from for a child who mm. say uh wants to become a rocket scientist would probably today look at uh, elon musk and you know the mm. the rockets he's building and get inspired but uh, when we were children there was nothing like that right you got yeah. half an yeah. hour of dd news uh, daily and uh, maybe uh, you know something in the newspaper right caught something you know 5 years late after it happened on when it was on indian television mm. so i think that's one key uh, uh, thing that needs to change i think the more mm. we 
uh, now it's happened, of course, because we've mm. opened up in terms of we get news from everywhere and we get mm. to know what people are doing. But uh, a lot of the underprivileged kids still don't have that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, you're absolutely right regarding, you know, we don't have a lot of good examples of, mm. of even individuals or even organizations, right? Uh, you know, Flipkart, Ola and the like are so recent but i don't know if these are the examples we want to leave behind right because they are so um, you know in some way skewed skewed right. towards one specific way of dreaming which is really uh, the green you know it's money <laughs> right yeah. Yeah. and i don't think we want our children to even think only that right because we yeah. have so many problems in the world that they can get excited about and Correct. begin solving and really go with their heart, right? In our right. time, it was, it, you know, there was, it was no very, heart. Yeah. It was all, it was all a process and uh, everything we were asked to do and we just did it because of the lack of whatever, information, right. support, etc. But now with the world opening up and uh, I don't want to say globalization because I feel the, we are in a state of exact opposite <laughs> right now where <laughs> we are all internally doing everything as opposed to working with others across. <laughs> But in terms of just dreaming big, right? And just going yeah. beyond what your school or your, uh, you know, at home, you're being born and brought up to believe is really a problem. And I think it's not only in India, obviously in India, it's quite uh, intense and, you know, it's right. quite bad, but it's across the world because we are seeing right. how everybody's just closing doors as opposed to opening and opening working with up, each yeah. other, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm, uh, you know, in some ways, I'm a little worried, but I, I do know that if we give children and youth the space and the platform to think big and really these kind of entrepreneurship programs are really helpful because right. it just allows them to think big and really fuel their dreams, right? And I think we need a lot of that now more Correct. than ever. Um, and since we have an advantage of 1.2 billion people out of that 600 million youth, why not? <laughs> right, go, go for it. 600 <laughs> million folks on the planet are Indian, so why not? They <laughs> make them game changers and entrepreneurs of tomorrow, right? Uh, so, yeah, <clears throat> awesome. Uh, so, I mean, I know you're a little busy, but I just wanted to wrap it up quickly with a last question is really around what brings meaning to what you do. And uh, I mean, I know we are all in our stage of discovery in some way or the other, right? Uh, right I don't right. think, and, and I think it's going to be a journey, all of us, right? right? Irrespective right. of whether you're a billionaire or sure. whoever you are, right? Because we keep sure. evolving over a period of time. But what, what really excites you, the why, right? Like hmm. one so thing me, which yeah. keeps you, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. wake up Going, you know, right. every day in the morning right. and you rush to right. work or, I think for me is uh, if I can basically what I've been trying to do for the last four or five years is have a tech product that improves someone's uh, living or business, right? So that's basically it's not it's not about the money. It's not about whether you know it becomes a big product or it becomes very successful or not. Even if I have ten say people using it, or even if three people use it as long as they're getting value from it i think that's what um that's what gets me up in the morning okay. uh, and that's what sort of i've been building towards uh, in whatever i do 
so mm. uh, that basically is something i look forward to doing daily so mm. even if i can bring a 1% improvement to the way someone does something or mm. the way someone does their business that's basically what excites me mm. interesting and and the one thing you would say that that's keeping you awake at night these days <laughs> i'm sure there are a lot of things but in terms of just a broader long term kind of view anything that's really uh i won't say awake at night is obviously you know a way yeah. to say it but the idea is that anything that you know in some ways it's also uh, inspiring you to really move to the next level right it's troubling right. you so much that you're like i i need to do something about this right um anything at you know in some ways is keeping you um, i think uh, what i'm seeing in our country is a lot of the small businesses is becoming very unfriendly for small businesses hmm. right so educated people like us who have the ability to raise money and you know convince investors and work with investors who have access to investors it doesn't impact us that much but the way i'm seeing india's larger businesses grow and trample upon smaller businesses and foreign businesses coming into india i think that worries me i think mm. because we're not building an ecosystem that favors the small guy mm. so uh, mm. that that's something that's a scary situation and in the long term you know you you only hear about the start the tech startups that are raising money but in the yeah. long term i think it's the trader who needs to survive and the smaller guy who needs to survive uh without raising money and actually trying to make a profit i think uh that's my biggest worry for where we're headed mm-hmm. <laughs> i think uh, especially over covid and even before i think the signs <clears throat> of these small businesses getting trampled upon are there and mm-hmm. while a lot of large commerce you know organizations talk about digitizing them and helping them grow or even if you look at the nbfcs who are the so called social impact lenders mm. right who are doing financial inclusion they are lending to these people at rates of 24% plus plus yeah which which actually doesn't make sense right yeah those are shark rates i mean those are <laughs> you're <laughs> you're a loan shark if you're that rate, right? yeah so it's not really financial inclusion it's not really social impact it's just lending at very high rates Yeah. yeah that's the scary part i think uh, if you're going to strangle the small business economy that's going to hit everybody in the long run yeah yeah so as i mean as you were speaking about this i was remembering around uh, i would say 15 what 20 years back when this whole dot com thing started right um in between the e-commerce and this whole space of social media right and that intersection of e-commerce uh, web 1.0 and web 2.0 we had seen like a dearth of social media companies right um, and in some ways uh, you know to draw an analogy i think i lost you right yeah i can hear you now okay so i'll just rewind a little bit uh, <laughs> so uh, i was saying it reminds me and just to draw an analogy from what you were saying regarding small yeah. businesses and startups mm-hmm. uh, is that about 20 years back i remember there was this whole social media revolution right, right. and it happened at a very interesting uh, stage when we were going through a recession us was going right. through a recession and then mm-hmm. this whole thing called um, 
MySpace, Twitter, Facebook, all this right. stuff. And right. I got really excited because, you know, the idea of social media in the beginning was the democratization of relationships, right? right. And social networking. And then with Google doing the search, Bing, Ask right. Me. I don't know if you remember Ask Me. And ask me yeah, Jeeves. And yeah, Jeeves and Ask Me, right? And all. And it was so exciting because you had a choice, right? right. And the reason you had a choice is because it, it allowed everyone to bring something new to the table. Correct. Uh, but uh, look at it now, right? You know, 20 years later, right. if you want to go to so anything social, you go to one guy. Anything search, you go to one guy. Anything right. e-commerce, you're, you're going yeah. to. <laughs> exactly. Right? And, and it's so, I mean, it, you know, in some ways is what you're saying that if we don't change the way businesses operate and we don't have the right, say, uh, regulations in place, right. especially in a place like India, we are screwed right. because here the right. the difference is all the Lala companies are so exactly. big, right? Yeah. It's yeah. almost like. Uh, so the way I describe it is that all these companies, all the large uh, companies in India, so t- even if you take Geo as an example, they mm. have a kill zone around them, mm. right? Mm. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. So what happens is that now, if if you look at video communication, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if there was a startup in India that was building something like Zoom, yeah, nobody will invest in it after Jio's <laughs> announcement. Yeah, Jio meet. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, irrespective of the fact that they copied Zoom or whatever. Now, the fact that if they've launched um, a product like that, investors get wary, right? Mm-hmm. Although the startup product may be far better and far, you know, uh, uh, cleaner and work, mm-hmm. works well as well. But just because it's in the kill zone of a large uh, conglomerate, yeah. uh, it'll get killed. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so I mean, in some ways, the same thing happening, uh, happening to a lot of the startups, right? As the right. pure play tech, the Googles right. are either acquiring them or extinguishing them right as an example right there's just no option Um, and and it's sad because um, it really screws up this whole concept called democratization of uh, everything right Right. in terms of business or even ideas right Right. why would I generate ideas anymore when I know that somebody can copy it like that exactly and 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 just remove me from the equation because at the right. end of the day, a lot of it is our emotions and our kind right. of uh, dream, which is getting, uh, you know, it's just going away. Right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, which is what is, I mean, the, you bring up a very interesting uh, thing because at the end of the day, I think the people who can really stop a lot of this is actually the government and the regulations around this. And I think right. we need larger global kind of uh, play in this as a because everything is global today right a lot of organizations who start in India will first start abroad and then come back to India right in a lot of cases to just show profitability or whatever Yeah. Um, so it's interesting great so I'll just end this with the last thing is that if yeah. I had to ask your uh, mother to look uh, in the deepest corner of your heart and I ask mm. this to everyone, right? Mm. Uh, mm. What would she find in the deepest corner of your heart? 
Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to think about that. <laughs> yeah, take your time. I'll edit this anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Anything she at would, all, right? It could be... She would find, yeah, she would find uh, uh, a wannabe chef who's actually becoming an alcoholic. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> so you cook, right? I love to cook, but it's obviously it's a function of time and effort and you know multiple things and distractions. But yes, I, that's another way uh, that I would ideally like to uh, solve problems and be distracted. But it's difficult in this day and age. But yeah. yeah, yeah. But if you, I mean, if you could do that, would you do that? I would. Like, I yeah. Would. I would. Why uh, cooking and not something else? And from where it, it, it goes from? back to the same thing actually, building something hmm. with instant gratification. Hmm. So any any specific uh, uh, like cuisines or no, just I mean random stuff. Nothing complicated as well. Just uh, hmm. random regular stuff. Uh, whether it's cooking or whether it's uh, uh, mixology, so making cocktails. Hmm. Um, so it's either food or drink. And yeah. uh, that's interesting. Two thing, two things I love. So yeah, um, you know, one of those two things is going to become a problem sooner or later. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it's so interesting you say this because uh, you know, in some ways, a lot of the things we discussed in the past half an hour of or so, right? Uh, in some ways, you know, I want to talk about this if you don't mind a little bit more. Yes, sure, sure. I see sure. a lot of like. Uh, analogies and and reasons why you probably do one or the other right the reason why you probably do a lot of the startups and you want to always go for the new and build stuff in some ways uh, also in some ways has the same underlying themes or skills right which is what you're saying and and in some ways so a lot of the guests who have spoken a few of the Mm. guests who liked cooking and all of that Mm. have Mm. said I cook because it helps me de-stress or I'm trying something new. But right. the aspect that I'm hearing from you is is not, it, yes, it may be that, but more right. importantly, it allows you to in some ways express your creativity, right? And right. it allows you right. to really build something in a very non-judgmental manner, right? Like right. Right. it's it's my piece of creation. So right. are you a creator or a cook that um, is, you know, cooks, for others or as a creative guy, right? Like I yeah. don't care to hoots about what anybody else thinks. Yeah. I did yeah. something and I feel really happy about it. Yeah. So basically is to, like I said, to understand what goes on there. One. And second is to satisfy that creative urge, right? So, it, you know, you can't always, you know, satisfy a creative urge very easily because it takes time. It takes effort. You know, you need to be patient with it. So, there's no fun in training. I mean, I'm sure people love it about learning something formally and then practicing it. Mm. But that becomes like a profession or, mm. or you're very passionate about it. But I mm. think it's these accidents that you make while you're cooking or you mix mm. two things accidentally that's more interesting. Mm. So I'm more of an unstructured person in that sense where mm. uh, I would try coffee and tonic water, you know. Mm, and I have mm. <laughs> so yeah. to figure out what it tastes like. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So so I enjoy that more, and and finding out what 
may happen if you do the wrong thing or or uh, you may just end up with something you never expected yeah it's so, it's so interesting i'm now thinking because i've spoken to a couple of folks who actually worked with lego in denmark and right. hasbro Right. they are speaking the same language ashish you you will not believe it and i'm seeing so i don't know if you've seen the other episodes of lars oh, and uh, yesim who yeah. uh, these are so a few of the people who are from all all places in the world but they've done a lot of interesting work uh, and and i'm just trying to now you know me right analytical yeah. uh, and i'm going to start thinking about trends <laughs> and what you know it's and it's so interesting because i can now go back and look at the last you know 25 episodes and drop like right. a, a data visualization of people who are absolutely out there like like outliers correct. is what i'm sure you correct. read the book also correct and correct. it's so interesting how outliers actually influence and trigger change in larger systems and we don't give them a lot of credit right in terms right. of how you think and you operate and we think are ye to alag hai and you know he's nah. the way it is everybody doesn't you know will not be able to do this i think everybody should do this now and then i don't think anybody has an option if you want to thrive in these uncertain times yeah, we exactly. all we all need to become outliers right it, it, it will all move beyond that structured approach system. yeah yeah you know if you think about it like even warfare right if if you take an extreme case mm-hmm. warfare is going to be played by rem- or is going to be conducted by remote control right mm-hmm. given the advances we're making in drones and robotics and uh, you know uh, automation mm. so planes will fly themselves tanks will drive themselves missiles mm. will you know aim or target themselves so a guy who uh, a person who will do well in his career is someone who was really good at video games mm-hmm. where sitting with a joystick uh, 5000 miles away you are actually participating in warfare mm. and that's yeah. just the next 3 years right so mm. um, it's and if someone if you don't understand uh, how to play your video game mm. you're going to be pretty much out of a job right mm. if if you're interested in that sector so it's mm. it's very important for people to move out of the uh shackles of engineering mba or or even simpler stuff right uh, yeah. looking at the softer side the softer skills mm-hmm. um and thinking about life in a more broader brush with a more broader brush mm. Mm. and that only comes from experimentation So that was Ashish. I really hope you enjoyed our candid and free-flowing conversation and took away something from it. This is Avi, your host, signing off. Do watch out for our next episode by following your other side on all major podcast platforms. Until then, keep exploring your other side.